Hello, hello, hello. Uh, it is Moscow Mitch Monday, and we are your Mitch McConnell Retirement Committee. Thank you so much for joining us here uh, on our live stream, our digital demonstration against Mitch McConnell, uh, the 36-year-old, 36-year uh, inhabitant of the Senate that uh, it's time for him to go. I think everyone can agree with that. So uh, as you know, uh, if you've tuning in before. Uh, we got about an hour worth of uh, information we're going to throw out you throw at you about how Mitch is failing our state, failing our Commonwealth. Uh, we got a few fantastic uh, co-hosts with me today. We've got a wonderful uh, couple of guests, actually. So we'll be doing Mitch in the news first, a few uh, breaking stories about Mitch and the negotiations over the coronavirus relief packages. Uh, we got Doug following Mitch's money. Uh, he's looking into some coal uh, industry contributions. And then we've got uh, a, I think, amazing essay uh, from Kit. I might actually have my essays confused today, uh, but Kit has got an, a new essay for us looking at how Mitch continues to inspire her to learn how to spell words. Uh, and then uh, we have got uh, our guests, Nina and Mickey McCoy, uh, who are retired high school teachers, proud residents of Eastern Kentucky, uh, and then critics of McConnell's track record on helping coal communities. So, uh, and oh, very exciting news. If you remember last week, we had our kind of Heroes Act special. We had uh, a match uh, challenge uh, from Indivisible to see if we could uh, match their, uh, if they could match a donation of at least $350 a, uh, for a week was our goal. Uh, we did an amazing job. You guys did an amazing job. We actually raised $680 in direct, you know, individual contributions. That was 13 donations. Uh, and then, as you heard on the show, uh, the Kentucky AFL-CIO said that they would match it. So there's an you know, additional $350, so over $1,000 there. And then we got the match from Indivisible. So really an amazing week of fundraising, the best we've ever had here. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It is an all-volunteer effort. Uh, but the thirteen, uh, you know, one thousand three hundred eighty dollars is going to go a long way in helping us to build a larger, louder megaphone to share the information about how Mitch is failing our state. So that's the quick update. Uh, it, you know, we're not done. You can, if you didn't make a donation, you're like, oh man, I forgot. I was definitely going to do that. You can still do it. You can use that Act Blue account uh, link right now and make a secure donation. Uh, and we would appreciate it very much. So uh, our quick introductions here with our hosts. Uh, so again, I'm Aaron. I'm coming at you from Childsburg in Lexington. Uh, and my protest sign today would say, Mitch, uh, which side are you on? Question uh, mark. That's me. Uh, how about you, Nate? Hey, folks. I'm Nate Orshan, broadcasting as usual from Kits in my lovely home here in South Frankfort, Franklin County. And today my Mitch anti-Mitch sign would say, Hey, Mitch, better help the unemployed before we take your job away. <laughs> before we make him unemployed. Fantastic. Uh, and then our new uh, co-host, Samantha Jean. Hi, friends. Uh, of course, I am Samantha Jean, and I am coming from Western Kentucky. And today, my sign says support small businesses and there's something else on the other side um, which i'll get into a little bit more later all right uh, a little teaser uh we are all on the edge of our seats to uh, hear what else samantha jean has so samantha jean why don't you just tell us a little bit about who are you and how'd you get here on this uh live stream and uh, what are you bringing to the table well i am um a vocalist and activist. I've been living in Lexington, Kentucky for the past 13 years. Um, that is where I went to college and ended up learning all sorts of things about the world. I've done um, lots of, of traveling and uh, been bringing back ideas and trying to, um, to let some of those ideas take hold um, in the smaller town where, where I grew up. Um, but I, I'm an actress, I am a small business owner, an artist, um, so I'm definitely someone who's very concerned about, um, about small businesses, small business owners, uh, the little people who, who make this state what it is, who keep us functioning, um, who provide our services. Um, you know, all my friends are in the service industry or, um, or own restaurants or own small businesses, you know, those are my people. And these are the people who have been impacted the most by coronavirus. Um, and of course, who have been left out of Mitch McConnell's plans, you know, for, for, year, for decades. 
Mitch McConnell has been in office my entire life. Um, and, and I just don't see the benefit of the programs uh, of what he's doing. And so I just, just here to help spread the word, especially to, um, to young people about, about, about who Mitch McConnell really is. Fantastic. That's so great. Thanks for joining us, Samantha Jean. Thanks for being a member of the Mitch McConnell Retirement Committee. Uh, now, uh, one of my favorite segments, Mitch in the News. Uh, every week we get to cover what Mitch is doing in the news because he's in the news every week. He's the most powerful member of the Senate. He has an incredible influence on what happens in Washington, D.C. Hint, it's all bad currently. Uh, so, you know, we like to just dissect what's happened this week, what he's been up to, and how he is failing our commonwealth. Uh, and I think the first story comes to us from, from Nate. Nate, what you got? I think you're muted, Nate. Sorry, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that was you. Still learning this darn computer. So uh, <laughs> what I started saying was that uh, Mitch McConnell, you know, he must feel so special, so special when the Kentucky hospitality industry comes knocking on his door for assistance. This uh, story come, this week comes to us from the Lexington Herald leader, uh, Janet Patton. And she wrote on Friday, uh, July 31st, that the Independent Restaurant Coalition is asking and probably begging isn't too strong a word, uh, quote, the Senate Majority Leader to include a proposed $120 billion restaurant revitalization fund for independent bars and restaurants in the latest stimulus plan, unquote. Uh, they go on to say that, quote, without direct immediate aid, the state's 203,000 restaurant workers face massive layoffs. So these are, these are folks who are friends with uh, Samantha Jean and who serve all of us all the time and make sure that we get a lot of... Uh, good service out there, but they are having hard, hard, hard times. Uh, says uh, restaurateur and chef uh, Wida Mitchell, quote, if the country had been able to get the pandemic under control so that business could stay at 50% or greater, most restaurants would have been able to break even and survive. So uh, this is another example of the way that Mitch McConnell keeps letting our commonwealth down. So it's, it's not enough that he hasn't used his Senate leadership to direct enough aid to small businesses such as restaurants so far. And let's repeat that number, 203,000 folks employed in restaurants all across Kentucky, right? Not only that, but he's a key player in the pathetic, irresponsible early response to the coronavirus pandemic. And so, which makes us a world leader in sickening and killing people through COVID-19. That's the story. Uh, that's a great one. Thank you so much for sharing it. Uh, and I think now we've got uh, Samantha Jean uh, sh sharing a, a, a local story with us. All right. So um, let's get into talking about the next round um, of coronavirus relief. So um, if you've been unemployed during this pandemic or your business has had to shut down, uh, you've probably been following this pretty closely. So a few major provisions that were set forth in the CARES Act, that was the first coronavirus relief package. Um, so mainly that extra $600 a week in federal funding for unemployment and a moratorium on evictions. Both of those provisions were set to expire by the end of July. Um, so that's just happened over the weekend. Um, so of course, many people have been wondering if the new coronavirus relief package would address uh, and prolong any of those benefits. So even though we've started opening back up, it seems like another shutdown is on the horizon um, as we see numbers of cases just shooting up basically all across the country. Um, so many businesses are struggling to keep their doors open and people all across America are worried about another shutdown, which would mean losing their jobs again. Um, and we are approaching that first two week mark where folks on unemployment would be requesting their benefits. And of course, that extra 600 in federal aid is no more. So families are going to be stretched really thin this month and many are concerned about being evicted from their homes. So does this new proposal from Senate Republicans address those concerns at all? Um, the short answer is no. So Republicans in Kentucky were a little busy this weekend celebrating the wedding of AG Daniel Cameron. Um, of course, Mitch McConnell was in attendance and we are happy for them and we wish them well. 
Um, but they were so busy celebrating while many American families are wondering how they are going to make ends meet this month. Um, and unfortunately, working families were basically left out of the new HEALS Act um, that Senate Republicans have proposed. So HEALS stands for Health, Economic Assistance, Liability Protection, and Schools. Um, this Senate bill is worth about a trillion dollars, not one billion, one trillion dollars. Um, and many of, a lot of that funding is actually going to maintain a lot of the provisions that were set forth in March, but it doesn't include any protections for the unemployed. Um, in fact, it's actually going to be decreasing those unemployment benefits slightly. Um, and it doesn't address the impending eviction crisis, meaning that we can almost definitely expect an overwhelming number of Americans will lose their homes in the coming weeks, um, which everyone should really be concerned about. This is a massive issue. And even if you're not gonna be evicted, you may know someone who is, um, it's gonna impact our neighborhoods. This is gonna be, this is a major concern. So some folks have even speculated as to whether this eviction situation is just another attempt at voter suppression, um, since many people may have issues verifying their address and thus proving their identity. Um, it may impede their ability to register to vote or to receive a mail-in ballot. So major big concerns. Um, Okay, so we know what the bill doesn't do, um, but what does the HEALS Act put money out for? Um, a trillion dollars is a lot of money and there's none you know, for me or you. So where is that $1 trillion actually going? Um, and of course we see that most of the relief is coming in the form of corporate handouts. Uh, there's 29 billion for defense spending, including some Apache helicopters. Those are cool. Uh, 1.75 billion for a new FBI building, which is going to be right down the street from a Trump hotel. Convenient. Um, the liability protection that is even mentioned in the name, that liability protection is for lawsuits that are related to COVID-19. Um, so it's basically specifying that for five years, no matter how unsafe um, the management made your workplace, um, we're going to be having liability protection that says you can't sue this company, even if they did a terrible job um, and of trying to protect you. So, ah, oh, great. Um, and there's an employee retention tax credit, which to me, it just sounds like, okay, that's great if some companies were able to retain their employees. It's basically like, we're benefiting the companies that already had enough money to stay in business. And sorry, if you didn't stay in business, then uh, no luck for you. Um, so, and there's there's really a lot. I'm really being like reductive here and I encourage anybody who who's, who's interested in the specifics to please read this bill for yourself because there's a ton of information. Um, but there, we're not going to be having OSHA protection for employees who con who contract COVID-19. There's no election funding uh, or funding for the post office to make sure that we can even hold an election this year. There's no protection for medical debt. Uh, there's no money for student relief programs. Um, and we are basically forcing our schools to reopen in order to get the measly amount of funding um, that, that, that we're even sending them for this. Um, we've made it really, really difficult for to even expect that our schools can um, can function with the kind of funding that we're setting in place and with the restrictions that we're setting in place. Um, so there's going to be another $1,200 stimulus check. That's awesome. Um, might be difficult to receive it in the mail if you don't have an address because you got evicted. Um, it's, you know. But okay, great, stimulus, all right, we're gonna get another um, round of stimulus checks that's gonna be basically the same as it was um, before. And then, and this ties in with, uh, with my sign from earlier, so there's going to be at least 100 billion more dollars for the Paycheck Protection Small Business Loan Program. So that sounds like, woohoo, yay. 
Small Business Protection Program. Okay, so let's go back to the CARES Act and remember that we had, their, they were called PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, um, that was supposed to be set aside for small businesses. Now, like I said, I've got a ton of friends um, in Lexington who are small business owners. I know restaurant owners. I know massage therapists, yoga studios, true small businesses that out, interact with the community. Um, they they own and they they employ employees. You know, they they make our our state work and function. Many of those companies were rejected for those small business loans. And if you remember, the small business loan money ran out really, really quickly. And there's a reason why. So this is just one example. Uh, Foremost Group, which is a company that's valued at $1.2 billion. Um, and it's actually was founded by Elaine Chow's parents. Elaine Chow is Mitch McConnell's wife. And they received um, between $350,000 and $1 million as a PPP loan. So small businesses were rejected um, for this loan. The local businesses, the places who serve you, the people that you know and love, the businesses you frequent every day were rejected for those small business loans. But we've seen Shake Shack um, you know, got a million dollar loan and other these giant, giant companies that you would never consider as a small business getting these massive, massive loans. Um, and of course, we do know that Elaine Chow, you know, is, is connected to to receiving one of these loans, even though her and Mitch McConnell both say they had no idea that their company was applying for that loan, um, you know, because rich people just don't even know where their money comes from. Um, but anyway, so it's great that there's $100 billion that is being set forth in this plan, but I'm very curious to see uh, who is actually going to benefit from that. And judging on what has happened already, uh, I'm a little bit suspicious. So again, Mitch McConnell, where are you? Support small businesses, the true small businesses that keep this country alive, that built this country. We need to support them. And I'd like to see um, more, more support for small businesses in the in the next proposal that I'm sure is going to come out because Democrats have already shot this one down. Um, but yeah, that's the story. Thank you so much, Samantha Jean. Yeah, so the uh, the negotiations are critical right now. We've got Mitch McConnell who brought out the HEALS Act as the CARES Act was uh, expiring, you know, arguing that we needed to you know get rid of or cut down that $600 a week that we're letting people that was just allowing people to hold hold on to stay in their homes to continue to pay their bills um even though they you know were likely out of you know out of work because of coronavirus through no fault of their own and i think the small business angle is a really important one i was talking to a friend of mine who is a small business owner and he took the ppp money and he you know, he kept his he kept his workers uh, on the clock and you know kept them working, uh, even as his business was falling off significantly. Uh, but he, you know, kept them working and kept paying them. Uh, and now, uh, you know, uh, now the that program has ended. Uh, they're shutting down many states right now, right? So if you're in the service industry and you were, you know, you're keeping your, your wait staff on, now you cannot keep them on because you don't have the PPP money anymore. The, the 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 restaurant or bar you know either closed or such you know significant cuts in the ability to you know have people in the door uh, and you know there's nothing for the folks who now have to go on unemployment so it, it's just you couldn't design a worse way to deal with this coronavirus than what Senator Mitch McConnell has brought to us right you know because the the House had passed the Heroes Act over two months ago. It's just sitting there on his on his desk and he's watching this all happen, doing nothing about it. it is, it's infuriating. Now he's taken to the Senate floor last week to blame the holdup uh, on New Jersey Democrats and New York Democrats because they were trying to fight for, you know, a, um, what did he call it? He called Democrats are holding up help for struggling people over special tax cuts for rich people in blue states, said McConnell. So uh, this is what McConnell said, right? Because, and if you dig a little bit deeper, two years ago when they got this horrible tax bill through, uh, they took away a kind of a tax deduction uh, for a lot of people uh, in New Jersey and New York, these 
Connecticut, places that have very, very high local taxes, they get a tax deduction for pay paying those local property taxes uh, so that you don't get hit as hard by federal taxes. You actually dig in on who's actually benefiting from that tax deduction, who benefited the most from that tax deduction. It was very much middle class folks. You know, people who have maybe a little bit, it's a very expensive market in a lot of those states. So your house is really expensive uh, if you're, you know, fortunate enough to be in one. Uh, and so that that tax relief was really big uh, for folks in the middle class. Uh, and, you know, the idea that Mitch McConnell's picking a fight over that provision while he's, you know, making us buy more Apache helicopters or building a, a downtown FBI building, even though the FBI and everyone says they don't want that building. Uh, they just want to make Trump just wants to make sure uh, that there is not a competitor hotel on that that patch of land in downtown uh, Washington, D.C. And of course, I'm sure he likes the idea that the FBI is close to his hotel so he can make them all stay there when they're coming in for trainings or whatever, because that's how this guy rolls. Uh, but it is really unfortunate. And, you know, we are down to the wire. People's lives are being just upended right now. Uh, and it is outrageous that Mitch McConnell is picking fights over tax breaks from you know middle-class folks, you know, folks in states that were hit incredibly hard by coronavirus. So those are exactly the people that we should be figuring out ways to help. Uh, but he's picking a fight over this, you know, this tax break. It's outrageous because that's what Mitch McConnell does. He does outrageous things all the time to benefit himself and his you know political contributors and screw over the middle class. Uh, so that's what we've got. Uh, so we, we're bringing up our call to action though. I hope you're fired up. Samantha Jean just told us why we should. Nate just told us why you know the, we should be helping our favorite restaurants who are struggling right now. We're seeing uh, small business getting nailed. Let's hold Mitch accountable, right? So share that information. In our call to action, we need you to get loud, get active. The pressure is on Mitch right now. We can amp it up and make sure that they do not walk away from that $600 a week, that they do not live, leave, leave people hanging, uh, that we do not force them into evictions. Uh, but we have to hold him accountable. So please do, uh, you know, take action. Don't just, you know, don't just log in and listen to us rant. <laughs> take that information and go put it to work. Uh, all right, so I, now I'm very excited to, to bring on uh, Kit. Uh, so Kit, uh, every two weeks, joins us with an essay, something that has fired them up about what is going on uh, with Mitch McConnell and his horrible politics. So uh, Kit, what have you got today? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, <laughs> I never have nothing, right? And so I'm sitting here thinking about spelling. And if you change Heels Act, H-E-A-L-S to heels, as in written by a couple of heels, H-E-E-L-S. We go from heroes to heels, right? So that would be my protest sign, written by a bunch of heels act. <laughs> you know me. I, I mean, I have to have fun, right? And, and, you know, I've actually been thinking a lot about games lately. Um, and it could be that the coronavirus boredom has hit me. Um, it could be because I simply like to have fun, you know? If it's not fun, make it fun. But ga games are on my mind, and other things too, like the fact that we're opening schools. So education is on my mind, and I've been musing over this push to open schools. One game that I'm thinking about, which I guess is a game I never thought of it as when I was a kid. I thought it was more like a cutthroat competition, but it reminds me of my student days is the spelling bee. And I'm almost always talking about Mitch and spelling when I come on this show because he really messes with my spelling mind. So here's what I'm thinking of doing. I'm thinking of hosting a Mitch McConnell themed spelling bee. And Aaron, I swear to God, I'm thinking we should actually have it as a fundraiser because that would be pretty cool, don't you think? Um, every single word would be related to Mitch McConnell in some way. A word, for example, like corporation. So if you're paying attention to this, drop a word in the chat that comes to mind when you think of Mitch McConnell, and we'll integrate it into this someday spelling bee. Um, it would be an old school spelling bee, right? The first words would be easier words to spell like power or, or money. Uh, then we'd progress to some slightly harder to spell words like, oh, corruption or liable. Um, God. I was thinking of another one. It just slipped my mind. But then in grand fashion, we'd ramp up the final words with a few standing participants still left. And we'd use words like my favorite, hypocrisy. Because thanks to Mitch McConnell, I can now spell the word hypocrisy. But then there are so many others. Uh, sycophant. That would be a good last round word. Uh, complicit. Medium to last round. What about inextricably? 
so th this is where my brain is going this week. My favorite definition of sycophant comes from dictionary.com. It means a fawning parasite. <laughs> and to be complicit means that you're helping to do wrong in some way. To be inextricably linked means it's impossible to separate yourself from something. And I can put them in a sentence for you here. Mitch McConnell is a sycophant who could use his powerful position to create change for the better, but is instead inextricably linked to over 150,000 coronavirus deaths and an unimaginable, unimaginable number of evictions and is 100% complicit in this travesty. And we could use travesty too. One does not have to be a Democrat or a Republican to recognize that the coronavirus response in the United States has been completely mishandled. And because of that, there are over 155,000 and counting, 155,000 and counting dead Americans. These are parents, siblings, grandparents, children, human beings. The Senate Majority Leader is complicit in these deaths. His sycophancy is inextricably linked to the administration that has made such disastrous decisions. As Senate Majority Leader, Senator McConnell had an opportunity to hold them accountable, and at every step, he has abdicated this responsibility. Had abdicated to my list. The devastation is more than the death of thousands, too. As we've heard tonight from different, um, different quarters, the coronavirus pandemic has devastated incomes. Folks who lost jobs had been receiving an extra $600 a week on top of their regular unemployment in an attempt to help them get through this very disaster. It has helped prevent a significant number of Americans from sliding into poverty, but the payments ended this week, as did a moratorium on evictions. We heard that just earlier. As the New York Times recently opined, and I quote them, the economy is in dire shape. Millions of Americans are about to lose federal aid. The Senate is going on vacation, end quote. Instead of passing legislation to help people struggling to feed their children and keep a roof over their heads, Mitch McConnell sent the Senate home. As people have no food and lose their housing, Mitch is inextricably linked to their loss. Here in his own home state of Kentucky, coronavirus has left more than 200,000 people out of work. People who want to work. He says, well, it'll make them not want to work. Do any of us not want to work? No, so let's just get rid of that myth immediately. As many as 48% of renters in our Commonwealth risk eviction will have no home. He is complicit. He knew this day was coming with deadlines looming. He refused to take action. He said there wasn't enough of a sense of urgency. I've been feeling very urgent since March. I don't know about you all, but I feel, I feel this urgency. And while he blames the Democrats for this inaction, the House Democrats were actually able to pass the HEROES Act, a $3 trillion aid bill more than two months ago. As the New York Times says, responsibility for the current debacle, debacle, another good word, rests specifically and squarely on the shoulders of the Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, Republican of Kentucky, and the other 52 Senate Republicans whom he leads. To end, I truly wish this were simply a game. I do. And I wish we could be having fun with it. But it isn't. It's about people's lives, their hopes and dreams, and that of their children. I might enjoy thinking about spelling bees and poking fun at my senior senator, but the truth is that we are living in a scary time and I'm not sure we have the leadership to see us through it. Mitch McConnell is part of that inept leadership, inept, another word. He is a sycophant, he is inextricably tied to the poor decisions that got us here and he is complicit in our pain. Kentucky, Mitch McConnell must go on November 3rd. Love, Kit. Thanks, Kit, that was wonderful. Always, always a pleasure to have Kit join us and share their thoughts and their views. And I like the idea of the spelling bee. I do think it would be fun, although I am a horrible speller. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, other people would shine in that moment, which would be a very, very good thing. All right. So next we've got Doug. Uh, Doug Price uh, is joining us as he does every week uh, following Mitch's money. And that is with uh, an eye towards the coal industry. So Doug, tell us, what have you found? What have you dug in on? I would certainly be in favor of allowing states to use the bankruptcy route. Tonight, my following Mitch's money will be about Mitch and the coal companies. 
Imagine, if you will, Mitch standing on a stage, looking out over the gathering of coal company executives and saying, working together, we can make great things happen. With Mitch, those would be cold words to give me money. The coal industry has given Mitch over 950000 during his time in the Senate. From 1998 through 2020, the coal industry has spent over $189 million in lobbying members of Congress. Does that buy legislation that is good for the country? or the coal company. The top coal company contributor for the 2020 cycle was Alliance Resource Partners, a total of 2.9 million. ARP is owned by Joseph Kraft. Kraft's wife is Kelly Kraft, who is the United States Ambassador to the United Nations. Kelly has given over 355,000 to the Republican National Committee. The National Mining Association President, Rich Nolan, recently sent a letter to President Trump and Congress asking for specific bailouts and concessions for coal corporations, including royalty rate reductions and reductions in payments to the abandoned mine land program. Jason O'Neill, who is the director of Western Values Project, said it's outrageous that coal corporations and their lobbyists are using a global pandemic as an excuse to ask their allies in the Trump administration for a bailout. It would be no surprise if Trump and McConnell end up giving big coal everything they want, even if it means ignoring the global health crisis. From an article in Inside Climate News, McConnell has propped up a dying coal industry as the economic engine of the region instead of going all in on supporting economic diversity that could provide a future for communities. He failed to support legislation that would reclaim mine land for economic development. He shied away from a bipartisan coalition in his state that is nurturing tech, medical, and even solar jobs. He led the Republican effort to cut taxes on the coal companies, taxes that would help struggling miners, and he has not pushed to shore up a badly underfunded miners' pension fund. Today, McConnell has amassed enormous power and could, by virtue over his control of the Senate, undoubtedly get the miners and their communities what they are seeking, said Norman Ornstein from the Conservative Competitive Enterprise Institute. He exerts absolute control over the Senate's calendar able to schedule votes on or block any bill he chooses to. The UMWA Pension and Health Fund pumps more than $100 million into Kentucky in places hurting the most from the industry's decline. McConnell's sympathies lie with coal operators who dislike the miners' union and with fellow Republicans who dislike all unions, but he would be truly cold-hearted to let the pension fund collapse at such a high cost to the coal communities that have entrusted him and other Republicans with their votes. A group of coal miners afflicted with black lung disease met with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell as part of an effort to convince lawmakers to restore a higher excise tax on coal companies to help fund their medical care, but several said the meeting left them discouraged. McConnell, the Republican leader who represents Kentucky, one of the states that has seen a rebound in the progressive respiratory illness, told them their benefits would be safe, but gave no assurances about the excise tax and left without answering questions or offering details. David Mullins, who has worked in coal mines for 34 years and is currently battling an advanced stage of black lung disease, said he was frustrated. It's time to act, he said, while wearing a black lung kills t-shirt and using an oxygen tank. For several years, coal companies had to pay $1.10 per ton into a fund to help cover pension and disability costs. This amount reverted back to a lesser amount of 55 cents per ton. Mitch chose not to pass legislation to keep the higher amount, effectively putting $135 million annually in coal companies' pockets. The General Accounting Office reported that taxpayer obligations to the Disability Fund, already $4 billion in debt, could swell to $15 billion by 2050 without further action by Congress. McConnell remained noncommittal on bills to restore funding and cut red tape so that miners could easily obtain benefits. What they have done is shift the cost to the taxpayers from coal mining companies, said Phil Smith, spokesman for the United Mine Workers of America. It's corporate welfare. The Appalachian Regional Commission monitors and classifies the economic status of counties in 13 states. It identifies 80 of those counties as economically distressed 
meaning they rank among the worst 10% nation's counties for factors such as poverty, income, and unemployment. Sadly, nearly half are in Eastern Kentucky. The HEROES Act would provide a total of $450 million for these economically distressed counties. Mitch's bill does not provide this funding. In Martin County, this amount is $6,727,290. We've already established that it costs at least $25,000 to get in to see Mitch. Now that we know the coal industry has given over $950,000 to Mitch, we can now understand why he delivers for the coal companies at the expense of the coal miners and the distressed counties in eastern Kentucky. It is time to ditch Mitch on November 3rd, 2020. This partisan impeachment will end today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Doug. Uh, once again, I learn something new every week doing this live stream because Doug is always unearthing, get it, unearthing uh, new information about Mitch and his political corruption and uh, you know, a pay to play approach to our political system. So uh, now really, really excited because we're gonna be bringing on our special guests uh, so Nina and Mickey McCoy are joining us from Martin County, uh, where they have uh, made a bit of a name for themselves as uh, folks who make good trouble, uh, folks who fight for the right fights and the right causes. And we are very honored uh, to have them join us uh, this this evening. Hi, guys. Hi. It's great to be here. Uh, all right. So uh, I just want to, you know, we know, we start every show, every interview with one standard question, because this is a digital demonstration against Mitch McConnell. So tell me, please, what does your uh, protest sign say tonight? Well, we have the same protest sign. It'll take two of us to hold it because it's going to be banner size. Perfect. And it just says, we're voting for Amy. And then it says, we'd rather fly with an eagle then crawl with the turtle. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, all right. That's so great. So um, let's see. I mean, you guys have been active in a lot of different circles. You started out, I think, maybe as you know, folks fighting for education. Uh, we retired school teachers there from uh, Martin County. Uh, you've gotten very active in you know clean water issues, which we're going to get into today. Uh, you've also been active members of the Kentuckians for the Commonwealth, uh, which is a great community organization that works statewide. And then you've got your own group as well, like Martin County Concerned Citizens. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So let's let's go way back uh, to kind of one of the first times Martin County gained some national and statewide attention. So the 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 uh, Massey coal slurry disaster. Uh, Mickey, could you tell us a bit about that? Sure. Uh, it um, it happened on October on October the of two thousand. There was a uh, you see first you got to know that when when coal is processed, it has to be washed, and the dirty wastewater is pumped usually to an impoundment, a man-made impoundment, to just sit there and uh, get it you know contained. Well, sometimes there's leaks in the impoundments and sometimes there's downright breaks like it was in Buffalo Creek, West Virginia back in 70, I think, 70. 72, yeah. So uh, there was a, at this particular impoundment that Martin County Coal was using, there was supposed to be a, at least a hundred foot distance from any kind of worked out catacombs of, of deep mining. Well, there was only a 10 foot, uh, a 10 foot difference between the bottom and the first mine it would leak. So this got so heavy with sludge that it broke through the bottom, not like Buffalo Creek and out, out the front, but, and it went through two places in our county. It burst out two sides of the, of the hill and it went to Coldwater Creek, which is in Inez and Wolf Creek, which is on the other side of the, uh, uh, county that that uh, runs into the Tug River. 
Now the Tug River, another background information, is where we get our water supply for our uh, city water. And so this was upstream from where our intake was to get our water to send to the people in Martin County, to the hollers in the hills. And my wife will explain a lot more about how bad that the system is, but I need to tell you that there was, a, there was an investigation by MSHA. MSHA is under the umbrella of uh, the uh, Secretary of Labor. The Secretary of Labor at that time was Elaine Chow. So Mitch, when he heard that, he rushed to INS to help, right? No, he didn't come near this damn place. Or he might have stopped by his friend or two that he has here, very wealthy people. But he did do something. He called Elaine Chow, got her to, to, to go easy on the report, the investigation that was being done by MSHA by a man by the name of Jack Spadaro. Now, Jack Spadaro had been working for MSHA even when Buffalo, it was one of his first investigations of Buffalo Creek in 72. And uh, so they went to Jack and said, sign off, here's your, here's your investigation. And he says, no, that's not my investigation. And they said, sign off on it anyway. We got orders for you to. And he said, I won't. And so they fired him. Well, Jack, one of the things Jack was going to tell in his report was that IMSHA had noticed, had known a problem was happening in 94, was it, honey? 93. 93. And they had let it go ahead. It was the leak go ahead. Well, but now uh, they fired Jack and then the company, to make a long story short, which I've already failed to do, um, was fined uh, $5,600 for that spill that emptied uh, 308 million gallons of toxic sludge into two creeks in our community, went on to the Ohio River, and it got very little, uh, it, was, it was a great cover-up at that time. In fact, Eric Reese has a, uh, a chapter in his book, Lost Mountain, that says the Martin County whitewash and explains how it was. And so uh, that's something- Even it, though at that time, it was the worst man-made environmental disaster that had ever happened east of the Mississippi. So said EPA. So it yeah. definitely could have been something that yeah. got uh, got us some notice. But instead, Mitch and Elaine Chow made sure that it was covered up. Totally. Nothing happened to the, I mean, $5,600, come on, for Massey to pay. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's insane. Uh, and I think uh, just looking it up, it looks like that was uh, larger than the Exxon Valdez. The amount uh, uh, of slurry, that toxic slurry spilled, it was uh, more than the Exxon Valdez, yeah. which, you know, they more. paid a lot more than $5,000 for the Exxon Valdez spill, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. That's outrageous. And one of the things that, that got to us is that we already knew that we had a very old, very dilapidated um, water system. The infrastructure was very poor. So even though we were saying, this is not fair, our people were saying, this is not fair that you're saying that they can pull that water into our water system. We were being told, oh, don't worry about it. Your water system's fine. And we all knew that it wasn't. So finally, 20 years later, our water system is the same exact water system. If Mitch McConnell had been just a human being, he could have made sure that if nothing else happened, Martin County got an updated water system. If he was representing Kentucky, it, especially, yeah. we would have gotten it. But instead, he made sure that Don Blankenship's company didn't have to pay a, uh, a, a exorbitant fee. Instead, the, the citizens just had to eat sludge. Well, uh, 
I, I, how do you follow a question like that? Uh, but I'll try. Nina, this one's for you. Um, so uh, I take it that the building of U.S. Penitentiary Big Sandy back in 2003, that was supposed to be a big uh, jobs bonanza for Martin County. So, okay, how did that bonanza turn out? Yeah, so that's one of the things that that this uh, group of people who have been leading this for so long and trying to help out Eastern Kentucky, they love to give us prisons. Um, and they, they decided that this would be a wonderful new venture for all of Eastern Kentucky. And so they were supposed to supply jobs. Now, some people did get jobs, but they brought in a lot of people from away from here for the jobs. They also, we were supposed to be able to sell them water. Well, this was 2003. The Bureau of Prisons was very worried about Martin County's water. So they made sure that another community, Prestonsburg, also supplied water. So it's gonna be like a joint venture. Oh, two of you will be supplying water and that way your water system will make money. Well, our water system was out of date, dilapidated. It couldn't do it. So what we've ended up doing is having to pay Prestonsburg more money for that same water so that they can also supply it to the prison and then to a few of the people that we have that live near the prison. So it, it has done horrible things to our community. Absolutely. And um, so in keeping going with that, um, we, we've we seen Mitch has been in office for 35 years. It's been my, longer than my entire life. Um, and so he calls himself a friend of coal. Um, and I think you've already really answered that question, but I want you to elaborate. Is Mitch McConnell um, a friend of coal? Is, is he a friend of Martin County? Is he a friend of those miners um, who are suffering from black lung? Let's, let's talk about this friend of coal label. He may be a friend of coal, but he's not a friend of coal miners. He's not, he doesn't care about them. But now the owners, oh yeah, he's great friends with. Go ahead, on. You know, it's just like, uh, it's just like the um, recently the black lung benefits for minors. They are taking away from something like that. And you imagine these people uh, have worked their whole lives and and in the coal mines. And now they're being told they have to go to basically a company doctor. It's back to that old time period of e they can only go to certain doctors and that doctor will decide if you have black lung and black lung is even worse now than it was. And one of the reasons they think that is, is because as they were uh, mining out seams and and getting the last of the coal, a lot of times dirt would be in with that. And so they weren't only uh, taking in the, the coal, but also the dirt and they were just not taking care of the miners themselves. And Mickey. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, you, you didn't, I went to UK too, and I was fortunate to have some great teachers and I, I got in somehow to Harry Cottle's uh, history class. And he told us one day, he said, you know, uh, uh, Kentucky doesn't have 120 counties. Kentucky has 120 kingdoms and every kingdom has a king. Now here's the way it goes in politics. Mitch finds out who the king is or who the queen is. And that's where he stops once at least maybe twice a year when he comes in martin county he stops and all the the king does is tell all of his court to come mitch is coming bring your bring your checkbook so that that is in direct and in direct defiance to that to seeing people uh you know we had miners coming miners from eastern kentucky uh bust up to uh, uh took a bus trip to see mitch about black lung benefits a few months ago. And Mitch gave them all, I heard one man say it was 39 seconds. Another man said it was about a minute and nine seconds, but that's the time he gives. He will give these rich people throughout Kentucky plenty of time to come to the, to the worker. Well, he doesn't care about you. He doesn't come care about us. I mean, 
he's a, he's a friend of the money people. And, you know, here he was saying all this time, oh, we're going to bring back coal. We're going to bring back coal. We get rid of Obama. Then they had the Republican House, Senate, and the president. And what does he say then? It's like, well, you know, that's really a, and not a, it's an economic issue. It's not a political issue. Yeah, you've not, you don't care about people. He cares about his cronies. And, you know, you know, they may have taken a Greyhound. I don't know if it was a school bus or a Greyhound, but it would it would be funny if they had taken a Greyhound because you, you have a Greyhound full of, 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 of miners who have worked their whole life, who are looking for benefits for black lung, and then they get a minute with the lap puppy of Trump. Yeah. It's definitely a disappointing story, you know, to hear those guys, you know, not doing well health-wise, spending their time on the bus to go, you know, speak directly to Mitch. They missed the they missed the memo. We had uh, Nancy Joe Kemper on uh, a couple of months ago, and she spelled it spelled it out for us. If you want to get time with Mitch, your contributions need to be at least in the twenty five thousand dollar range if you're going to get any quality FaceTime with Mitch. So apparently, their checks didn't clear. Uh, before you know, they got their uh, their time with Mitch. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. Uh, tell us a little bit though about kind of what was your response when you heard Mitch say that he thought that you know states should just go bankrupt if they were having problems with the coronavirus and they didn't you know if they needed relief because that seems to be his his standard line right is that we're not going to the federal government is not going to provide direct support to cities or to states that are struggling right now in this economic shutdown. What did, what did that make you think, uh, uh, Nina? Yeah, to think that his own state should declare, declare bankruptcy. Now, the reason this made sense to him is because it's worked out so well for his cronies that are the owners of the mines. I mean, it has worked out very well for them. They have been able to take the, all their other debt off anything else, stick it into the, this company, and then it goes bankrupt. Now the miners don't get paid. The miners actually had to stop a coal train. The miners, their whole families, had to stand out there for weeks to stop a coal train to finally just get paid for work. They, they had already, already had done. done. And and so that's what that's what he's wanting the state to do because when he does same way who's going to get hurt the poor people the working people are going to get hurt those uh, bevan couldn't get it done evidently well enough but if they went bankrupt they could probably change the pension system teachers wouldn't get their pensions the uh police uh amount of money they get paid would have to go down um the social workers well we just have to reconfigure that amount of money so all the stuff that bevan couldn't get done could very well get done under a bankruptcy situation yeah yeah he's probably thinking you know, he thinks he's being helpful right it seemed to work out for his like uh cold baron pals like hey you should look into this bankruptcy thing yeah. Yeah. screw over your workers uh and you know hide your money away so we can't touch it that's it you mentioned the the black jewel situation you know yeah. and i think it's really well timed because it's actually been a year since that uh since that uh direct action happened since those uh you know those paychecks were clawed back after they'd actually deposited them in the bank, the bank had given them money and then the company came back behind that and took the money back uh, and people's lives were just upended. And uh, we know people that this has happened to for several years. This is not just, oh, Black Jewel did it. This is the Black Jewel miners having the guts to do what other miners should have done because we personally know people who got handed a check on Friday, told to be back on Saturday, by the way, they have to work Saturdays, and then told to be back on Monday, that check bounced, but they still had to go back to work. And then go to find out they don't even have health insurance when they need to go to the doctor, but they're still mining coal. That's yeah. been going on for several years. Yeah, it's outrageous. I mean, the treatment of workers, uh, the treatment of the communities, the treatment, obviously, of the environment, none of this is, uh, you know, it's not, it's not good for our commonwealth, 
right? Uh, and then, as you said, 2016, they had all their, you know, political power lined up to finally win that war, uh, you know, to fight for coal. And what happened? Well, coal is, you know, fewer jobs now than it has been at any time in history. Uh, they have not stemmed the tide. Uh, the reality of it is it's a, you know, it's a mineral that is, you know, that's time has largely, you know, passed by. It's time for us to move to, you know, that's just the reality. It's, it's not pick, people picking winners. Natural gas and the fracking boom has largely displaced it. Uh, and right. now we're seeing, you know, renewable energy prices down. And you've got, you know, the coal mining museum powered by solar, uh, you know, it sends a pretty clear message that we've, uh, we're moving in a different direction. Uh, and the question is, how are we going to help the communities who have delivered for our nation and help fuel our expansion uh, by creating, you know, bringing that mineral uh, to markets? Uh, and right now, it seems like we don't treat them well at all. Uh, they're, they're being left to hold the bag with their health. The communities are being left to hold the bag with the infrastructure that's falling apart and can't even deliver clean water to communities. Uh, and it really is just a, a, a true shame watching this play out when politics naked partisan politics is being used and these communities are being i think largely used uh to you know help deliver politicians who will never deliver for them right and also a lot a big part of our problem here is that people lost their wells because of coal mining over the years of coal mining and so we've had to expand this this dilapidated water system to add people on because people like mitch say well those people just need to pay for their water pull themselves up by their bootstraps and pay for their own water when the coal company didn't have to pay to fix the well that they sunk it's easy to say pull yourself up by your bootstraps but you look down, you don't even have boots on. You can't afford to have boots. Yeah, yeah. Mitch yeah. doesn't know. Oh, I get so angry, and I, I, I guess you know. I got. I've been a little bit angry during this whole talk, just thinking about it. I mean, he, you know, yeah. I'm a peaceable guy. You know, if I protest, it's nonviolent civil disobedience. You know, I'll go for that, but. Um, I would have to really hold back and have Nina hold me back uh, <laughs> if Mitch, if I'm protesting Mitch. Well, you know, thankfully Mitch is not going to come and stop by because when, you know, when the Harlan County mi miners were blocking that coal train, uh, they heard from about anyone, everyone. They heard from Andy. They heard from Amy. You know, Matt Bevan came, you know, and uh, folks who you know, don't normally make their way to Harlan County showed up to show their support. And actually, uh, I've read, you know, Matt Bevan and the then Attorney General Andy Bashir actually worked together to try to figure out a legal strategy to help stand up for those miners. Uh, but who didn't show up? Who never, you know, who never uh, made it made a trip? Uh, that's Mitch, of course. That's that's Mitch. Uh, apparently, there were no twenty five thousand dollar contributions bundled up for him to come and swing by and pick up. So no need to no need to show up there. Uh, hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening and sharing your stories, sharing your organizing, sharing your work, your passion for your community. That's uh, stuff is so inspiring and you know, whatever we can do to help out any final thoughts you want to share with our audience, anything you want to encourage people to, to do, uh, you know, while we, while we've got you here. Well, you know, so many times people are, will say, well, but Mitch has done so much for us. I just want to know one thing. I want to know one thing that Mitch has ever done for our community. Just one. And I haven't heard anybody say. Well, watch the ads. He's gonna he'll he'll have them on the ads. Oh yeah, uh, and it'll, you know it might not seem like reality what he describes in those campaign ads, but he is definitely gonna take credit for doing amazing things for our Commonwealth. Don't mind the man behind you know the the curtain. <laughs> the curtain. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much. We really do appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you. Thank you. All you right. Look now so and it that looks is... just so pretty. It looks so nice. People think, oh my goodness, I just want to live there. But if they know really what happened here, then they think, oh, maybe I don't want to go there after all. I called, I called and called, trying to get someone to tell me something about what had happened, especially when nobody had even been informed there was a pond up there that, you know, could come down on their head. In Appalachia, it's about cold. 
by God, they're going to get their coal regardless of how they get it. And mountain bombing is the cheapest way to get it, and that's why they do it. 25% of the county is now strip mined, and it's just devastating to see it. It's so sad to see your home um, just uh, blown away. Martin County has the distinction of having some of the most expensive bad water you will find anywhere. And that is in a county where more than a third of the people live in poverty. It should be a human right to have clean water. There's people here in this crowd today who are here because they're living this story right now. We gotta start change now. That's really, really powerful stuff. Thank you uh, so much again to the, the McCoys, uh, the real McCoy, a real McCoy. It uh, was in that mix, which is pretty exciting. So uh, there is a uh, reality show that I think uh, Mickey uh, shows up on uh, claiming to be a real McCoy. So uh, I'm excited about uh, next week's show as well. As much as this is a, a favorite issue of mine, next week we're going to be uh, joined by Eddie Campbell with KEA, so the Kentucky Education Association. He's the president. He's gonna talk about what you know Mitch has been up to for teachers, you know, Mitch's efforts to to force folks back into the classrooms without giving them resources to be ready uh, for that. And in fact, trying to withhold payment unless they get back in the classroom physically. Just some real horrible, uh, horrible politics. Once again, where Mitch McConnell's lining up, not with the side of the people, not with the side of the folks who need help, uh, but just, you know, making political points uh, for who knows why. Uh, but folks, it's uh, it's a pleasure to share, uh, share some time with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what we're doing, please share it. Share the video. You can follow us on Facebook. It's really just click that like button uh, so you get updates on what, what, what we're working on. We, uh, you know, we got about 92-ish days to go between now and November 3rd when we need to ditch Mitch, get rid of him, and, you know, kind of clean up that 35-year uh blot on our uh, our history of our commonwealth uh and i think it's a really important time to you know build a build a bigger megaphone i like to say so invite your friends uh, uh to like us as well so they know what you know getting the information about how much is failing our commonwealth uh and then i did want to say thank you so much to ken and Couchfire media for making our live stream so much better mm -hmm. uh for running a tight ship here with this live stream each and every week uh and uh if you haven't had a chance to uh make a contribution please do so uh it helps us do this job even better better and even bigger uh and like i said we've got you know 90ish days to go so we got some work uh work to do so uh thanks any final thoughts from Samantha Jean and, and Nate yeah uh I'll go back to, to my sign about Elaine Cho you know it's really easy to tell other people to pull themselves up by your bootstraps when you married an heiress who's literally been rich her entire life great advice Mitch real good <laughs> Just do what he says, not what he does, right? Like, come on. <laughs> How about you, Nate? Final thoughts? Oh, well, uh, of course, I want everybody to go to uh, secure.actblue.com forward slash donate forward slash MMRC. That's Mitch, retirement, uh, Mitch McConnell Retirement Community 2020. And uh, help us help you by helping us. Help you. Fantastic. And uh, I think that Ken's going to play us out with a kind of classic kentucky song uh but before we listen to that one i want to plug your song nate so if you have not listened to mitch please do it do it listen to mitch please it is catchy it is factual it's informative uh which yeah probably not the best way to sell a song but no really it's like it's like the beatles rose from the dead and wrote a song about mitch mcconnell and uh it's you know it's good stuff so check it out share it enjoy it you find it on youtube where do you find it you can find it on YouTube, certainly. It's also in the comments uh, right now, I think. So we're going to beat you over the head until you click on it and share it uh, because it is, it's that good. And we know that Mitch is going to hate it. So we need to get it big enough so it's unavoidable and he's going to listen to it. Uh, so there we go. Thanks, folks. Good deal. Yeah, are we done? Come on, you poor workers, good news to you, I'll tell. 
Howdy, good old Union, asking in here to dwell. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? We're starting our good battle. We know we're sure to win. Because we've got the gun, thugs are looking very thin. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? If you go to Harlan County, there is no neutral there. You'll either be a union man or a thug for J.H. Blair. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? They say they have to guard us to educate their child. Their children live in luxury, our children almost wild. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Gentlemen, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. Will you be a gun thug or will you be a man? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Mystery.